Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, 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 and ho, 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 tis the season. Uh, I think we all ready for some Christmas Day games. Uh, We got Jaws return. We got the State of the Knicks and MVP talk with NBA analyst Brian Geltziler on today's episode. I'm Jack O'Brien. And I'm producer Jabari in for Miles. And this is Miles and Jack and occasionally Jabari got mad boost. Three on one. Davis drops LeBron. There you go. Embiid driving, spinning, fading, hitting. Curry, a three-pointer. Bang! Steph Curry from downtown again. Giannis with the tail. Uh-oh, look out. More showtime. What you got, Giannis? What's up? What's up, Brian? Hey, guys. How we doing? Pretty good, man. Hey. Um, you know, just enjoying this uh, holiday season of NBA riches. Um, how, how's the vibes? How's vibes in, in New York as a, as a basketball fan? It's all good. Listen, you got two decent teams, two teams hanging around in the playoff chase, both teams with the ability to go make deals to get better. As we approach the trade deadline and both teams that if they do make deals to get better, could certainly elevate their chances to advance in a playoff. So the vibes in New York, as far as basketball concerned, are very good and looking up. You know, it's, uh, you know, Jalen Brunson has changed the fortunes of the Knicks. There's no doubt about that. And I will say as well as the Nets have played, they actually, I, I never thought I'd utter these words. They need Ben Simmons. Oh. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard people utter those words before. Um, as a 76ers fan, I've heard other people say, you know who, you know who we could use right now? Um, Ben, Ben, Sim- 
Like, does he, if he wanted to play basketball, that would be cool. Um, but back to the Knicks, I am, how is Jalen Brunson shooting? Like be how he's having one of the best shooting years of anybody, right? Isn't he shooting like high forties from three? 46%. Phenomenal. 46% from three. Is there a world like the question, you know, when, when he took Dallas deep, and a lot of people were like, well, as Luca took them deep, and this is the way things are from now on. Dallas goes deep, and then Brunson left, and they didn't go deep, and uh, the Knicks started making runs in the playoffs. It, it started being like, maybe this guy is an ingredient. Uh, he's definitely an ingredient for a championship team. Is there a world where he is on a team that wins the championship, and he is the best player on that team? Is, are we at that level yet? No, I don't think so. I don't know that okay. he ever will be. Listen, the thing about Brunson, so, and we, the Knicks have done very well against bad competition this year and have struggled against good competition. Now, again, this particular road trip, a win in Phoenix, a win in LA against the Lakers, that's starting to look up and that's a nice thing for them. But you worry about them defensively at that. And more than that, listen, Brunson hit, hit through quickness and craft and smarts and an understanding of how to navigate screens, he can get to his spots at will. And it's a yeah. fantastic asset to have. But when you're in the playoffs and they're trying to advance deep and you're playing against the best defenses the league has to offer, you're going to need somebody else. Listen, I, I will hold to this. Brunson was at his best as Luka's wingman. It with Dallas will, I know they regret it now. They will only continue to regret letting them go. And, and not not you know signing him to the money that he wanted. It just it was a horrible horrible move by Dallas. But that's where Brunson is ideal. And I think for the Knicks, Kenny Smith made a very interesting point on TNT last week that I think is important for Knicks fans to kind of get their arms around a little bit. And that point is the fact that you know the Knicks in a playoff series after the first round are never going to have the best player on the floor. With all due respect to Jalen Brunson. And the teams that they're going to play against are always going to have a better player than them. And I think that's where you get into what do they do trade-wise because that flies in the face. You know, you can need another guy, but by the same token, is there usage there with the way Brunson and Randall dominate the basketball to actually bring in that kind of guy? So the Knicks are kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place here in terms of what to do. They have the Fournier contract. They have to go out and use it before it expires. They have all the picks. And listen, there's plug young players they have that the league is sweet on. R.J. Barrett's widely respected around the league. I know a lot of Nick fans are down on him, but he's widely respected around the league, and he's signed to what's considered a reasonable deal for the player that he is. Quentin Grimes is very well respected around the league, and Emmanuel Quickly is too, even though he's on the verge of getting paid and getting paid very well. So they have the young players, they have the picks, and they have that expiring deal in Fournier to be able to go out and get somebody but, like, you know, they've passed on a lot of guys, and I don't blame them for passing on Mitchell. Mitchell wouldn't have fit well here, but Mitchell may be available again, and that's going to be the tough spot the Knicks are in. Maybe the best player they can go get is Donovan Mitchell, who's a very imperfect fit here. I don't know that he elevates you in the way you need to be elevated. He certainly hasn't done that with the Cavs, with a lot of good yeah. players around him, so the Knicks are in a tough spot. So, speaking of guys that, you know, you mentioned guys that Knicks fans are down on, I want to ask you about Julius Randle. Obviously, you know, I saw him when he, you know, during his younger days, you know, out there in L.A., 
But, you know, he's a guy that he's pretty consistently, you, you know, he's putting up 23 points. He's getting about 10 rebounds. He's getting dishes out five assists. I recognize not all numbers are created equal. But why does it seem like he's such a polarizing figure amongst that amongst that fan base in particular? Well, it's because, you know, there's a couple things involved. First of all, two years ago, he acted like he didn't want to be there. They got rid of his buddies. Um, they got rid of Reggie Bullock, who was one of his close friends. Um, Kenny Payne left, who he was very close with. So he wasn't happy there. And Julius Randle's not a guy that's going to be able to hide unhappiness. He, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. That turned Nick fans off. Randle's a ball-dominant player. And I think that bothers Nick fans also. Randle's also inconsistent defensively. And even a year like this year, where you're getting full effort from him, some nights he's good, depends upon the matchup. Some nights he's not. And, and that remains a trouble spot for the Knicks. With all that said, I will say this. Even with the ball dominance, his assist numbers are up. The ball's moving more. Him and Brunson play great together. You know, the Knicks, and they have some issues here, but I don't know that Randall is one of them right now. Here's my, my only one concern with Randall. Forgetting about the offensive issues, because the Knicks' offense has been pretty efficient this year, and, and they've been a really good offensive team. And I know they're in the top five in the league in defensive efficiency, but not against the real good teams. They gave 146 to the Bucks in that in-season tournament quarterfinal game. I mean, that's that's a big number. The thing is this, and you talk to executives, coaches around the league, everybody says the same thing. It's been going on for years. You can hide one, you can't hide two. And the Knicks have to hide Brunson because he's an abysmal defensive player. Hiding Randall some nights and Brunson becomes a very, very difficult thing for the Knicks. And, and Randall's inconsistent defense is something that sticks in the craw of the Knicks fans, and it's something that could be a fatal blow to the Knicks in a playoff series against a team like the Celtics, the Bucks, or the Sixers. Mm -hmm. Um. Let's let's talk Mitchell Robinson real quick. Uh, he there's a point earlier where we looked at his offensive boards and they were verging on like he he could be in contention for the record. I think he's come back down to earth a little bit, um, but he's still just collecting offensive boards. Yeah, I think he's at five point three a game. Uh, the record is six, I believe, in the like six point something. Um, as someone who watches the games, what like does he? Do you get the sense that he's like a Robin type who studies the direction that people's like shots are missing? Do you think he just has like an innate nose for the ball? Uh, offensive boards is like one of one of my. Well, first of all, it's like one of the last analytic like things that people could like juice out of the analytics that like people are not efficient when it comes to like everybody should be diving in at least briefly to try and get offensive boards. So it feels like a thing that's going to be increasingly emphasized in the coming years, but like he, he seems to have a real genius for it. What, what do you see there when you watch him play? It's, I don't think he's not, it's, he's not studying the science of rebounding like Robin. He's relentless. He's yeah. very, he's very quick. He's got a really quick first step. He's bouncy for a guy, his size. And the other thing that you got to remember about him is, listen, he came into the league at what seven foot two forty. He's seven foot two eighty right now, and the dude ain't yeah. fat. All right, he has muscled up hard, so it's not only and he hasn't lost quickness. So it's not only that he beats you to the ball. If you're in his way, he's going to go through you. Like he's he's that physical. I mean, think about Cleveland. We talked about the bigs last year, Mobley and Allen. What did he do to them in that first-round playoff series? They couldn't keep him off the glass. And listen, yeah. Allen and Mobley are quick bigs. So it wasn't all quickness. 
It was sheer force at times. And that's yeah. who Mitchell Robinson is. And listen, the Knicks, I will say, they are so set at the center position because the way those two guys compliment each other, Robinson and Hardenstein, is fantastic. And Tom, night in and night out, can pick his poison against who he matches up with if who he wants to finish with. So it really yeah. works out very, very well for the Knicks. Listen, the Knicks got, in the words of Jay-Z, the Knicks got 99 problems, center ain't one of them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, in, they're in good shape in that spot. And, and I like that. I think that that's, and that's a spot that they shouldn't look to trade off of really what they need is size on the wing. And their biggest problem, quite frankly, is that the guy that's going to be available to them is OG Ananobi. He's going to be out there and available. The thing is the Knicks front office and the Raptors front office are embroiled in a very bitter, bitter legal dispute right now that would not get those two sides, all that reticent to work with one another to make a deal because this legal dispute is over front office, intellectual capital. And it's a big, big problem. And, you know, Raptors suing the Knicks, Knicks counter suing. There's a lot of bad blood there. And the thing is, if you look at the Knicks, you know, the one guy that you could put in there that can elevate you on both ends of the floor as as really one of the premier 3D guys in the league is OG Ananobi. And the thing is, there's zero. I I just don't think there's any chance the Raptors are going to make a deal with the Knicks. I pretty much think Raptor ownership looks at that situation and says anybody but the Knicks. Wow. So, so he's off the table. Who would you target if you're the Knicks? Listen, I don't know that there's a perfect player to target. Bogdanovich is available. I would take a look at him. Um, listen, I don't think DeMar DeRozan solves any of your defensive problems, but I do think he helps you immensely on the offensive end of the floor in terms of efficiency and more than that, mid-range shots late in games. And I know you have Brunson covered there, but imagine being able to run the two of those guys off each other. You got to listen. The thing for them is they have to look at who's available. And I think for the Knicks, the best thing is consider that they're playing okay here. I think they could be playing better, but they're playing okay here. I think for the Knicks, you're going to have to take this to the end, to the deadline, to see if somebody decides that they're going to punt. And maybe that, you know, right now we know the Bulls and the Raptors are the big teams that are going to punt. We know that the Pistons are a mess and you can get somebody off of their team. But really, who, and we know Utah. So, I mean, who, but who are you going to take off of Utah? I mean, Collins or Markinen aren't really fits there. You know, Clarkson is more of the same. You know, they don't have that kind of wing that you can go ahead and bring in. So, like, the teams that have guys available right now don't fit the Knicks great. And that's the thing for the Knicks. They're going to have to wait this thing out as long as they can wait this thing out to use that Fournier contract for somebody. And listen, Bogdanovich may end up being the answer. There is no – Ananobi is the perfect fit. You're not getting him. So I think you have to look at other options. Bogdanovich is certainly not a bad option for them. Or at the right price, maybe you do look at Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Um, and then ideal, who who do you put next to Brunson? Is it is it like an Embiid or just like an athletic wing? Who 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 is the ideal person next to Brunson? Not not necessarily this season, but like eventually. Eventually, well, and, and Bede will be great, but you're not getting him. He's right now with what's happening there and the way Therese Maxey has grown into his role. There is absolutely, yeah. if I tell you, zero chance you're getting him beat anytime soon. Yeah. That situation is etched in stone there. That's a fantastic situation. So I, I don't think that you have a chance to get him. I mean, you, you, listen, you're going to have to see who decides to punt. Maybe the Clippers decide to punt at one point or another. Although with what they have going on, it doesn't look, li- look likely that they're going to. So I That's mean, you been really the biggest it's... change since I think the last time we talked to listeners is that the Clippers are now they put it together and are beating people so badly that they're like one of the like they went from being 
I, I don't think they were even like a net positive on the season to now mm-hmm. being like one of the league leaders in uh, point differential. Like they're absolutely crushing it. Yeah, they've been, listen, they have been terrific lately. And I'm a, and one of the things that's turned for them, which is interesting, is listen, when they first made the Harden trade, people forget that the Harden's first game in the Garden, Mason Plumley got hurt. And Mason Plumley was very important to them defensively. Now, they brought in Daniel Tice a week later, and he's played pretty well for them. But the other thing that's happened for them is Zubac has upgraded his game on the glass and played much better defensively. And they need that badly. Listen, they have to hide Harden a little bit. And the thing about Harden is he's not good guarding quick guys on the perimeter, but he can hold his own in the post because of his strength. Yeah. So that's a really important factor. So they, you know, with having Leonard and George, if you want to be aggressive defensively, and man's another really good defensive player, you put him on the floor. If you want to do that, you need to have somebody that cleans up behind him. And that yeah. has never been Zubac in his career. He's gotten much better at it. But I'll tell you, they're an interesting team at the deadline as well. They don't have much to trade, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them pluck Andre Drummond from the Bulls, who I think would actually fit in really well there. And let's let's face it, Plumley within the next three to four weeks should be back as well. But you know, they're kind of one big away from really being a huge factor in the playoffs, assuming, and it's a big assumption. Listen, we're only in December, boys, okay? It's a big assumption, but assuming that they hit the playoffs fully healthy. Right. All right. Let's uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, and so is John ja Morant. Um, not a ton to say about his return that hasn't already been said. Capped off a 24-point comeback with a game winner. Um, was just... You know, one of my favorite basketball moments so far of the season is having him back, getting, you know, getting to see him not really having lost a step, just being able to truly like look like he's in the matrix and moving at a different speed, like at a different frame rate than the people who are trying to guard him. It was a blast. Uh, 34 points, eight, eight assists, six rebounds, two steals, uh, and... And then he claimed he kept receipts during his extended absence. I don't, I don't know what that means. Uh, maybe just uh, focus, focus on, I don't know. But we wanted to have a conversation about MVP candidates at this point. Uh, again, as, as you mentioned, uh, Brian, it's early. We don't know what the net rest of the season is going to look like. But I think there's some interesting conversations to be had early on as a... Uh, the Joker was like leading the league in points, assists, and rebounds. It felt like it was going to be pretty, pretty uh, clear cut. But you know they've been a little bit less consistent. Um, Embiid has taken over as the scoring leader by a pretty wide margin at this point, and they're just they're playing incredibly well. The the Sixers. They are much better at this point. Like their record is way better at this point in the season than it was last year. And basically all they did was drop Harden. You know, like it's, it's not a, it, he's basically doing more with less. Um, and it's pretty, pretty impressive. It's obviously not all him. Uh, Maxi has greatly improved and just like benefited from the added room to run and uh, create. And Nick Nurse is a great upgrade at coach. So that's Jokic and Bede. That was the conversation we were having last year. I feel like we have to talk about Shea because OKC, I think, is starting to enter the conversation. Like people were having the conversation about like, man, they could actually do something this year. They, they look pretty good. They've got a lot of pieces to move. They could add a player, at which point I think they become like one of the favorites they are currently second in the west it's minnesota then oklahoma city then denver then sacramento which can't be how the nba drew it up uh those those three teams being the top markets but i don't know what do you guys think do do you think shea is a legit he, he also had a game a uh, game winner against the defending champ nuggets uh earlier this week he just looks and incredibly unstoppable and is just making making everything kind of come together around him and like improving uh, that team by leaps and bounds. Do, what do we think of him as an MVP candidate? 
Listen, I think he's on the list. I just think it's we're coming down to what we came down to last year. It's Embiid, it's Jokic, it's Giannis. That those that you know, and, and I think that guys like Shea and Luca and Jason Tatum are competing for fourth. And I know a lot. It's cute to want to put Therese Halliburton in there, but I don't know that he enters that conversation at any point in time. Gee, listen, Oklahoma City's played much better this year. They look terrific. Chet Holmgren's been great for them. Shea has been tremendous. Okay, Joel Embiid dominates the league in a way that no one else does. The only guy that comes close is Jokic. And to me, right now, it's Embiid's award to lose again. I think he's playing that well. And I love how Jokic has played, but Denver's dropped off a little lately, and Jokic put some weight on, and certainly was much better defensively last year than he's been this year. And Giannis is playing angry. And I know the Bucs have struggled, and Giannis hasn't been as good as he's been in the past defensively, but we can say the Bucs have struggled, but what are they, one game back of the Celtics right now? I mean, I've struggled that much. So, you know, so so they've, they've played really well. So I, I think it comes down to the same thing. I think we can talk about other fringe candidates and give them credit for having great seasons like Shea, like Luca. I think we certainly can do that. It's bottom line. This is something that is Embiid, Jokic, Giannis. And I think Giannis is the third out of them. I think it comes down to Embiid and Jokic. And right now, Joel Embiid is being dominant. Listen, one thing I'd say you said about the Sixers that I would, I don't know that he's doing more with less. I think he's doing more with better pieces. Uh, mm. Max Maxi didn't fit great with Harden, and, and that it just wasn't a good fit. Getting rid of Harden has helped Maxi be better. It's helped the Anthony Melton be better. Who's been a really key guy for them this year? And then listen, I know they were without Kelly Oubre for a period of time. He's been terrific for them. He has helped them a ton. And listen, the Clippers are ready to leave Covington and Morris for dead. Covington and Morris, especially Morris, have both played well for them and given them some limited minutes off the bench, but productive minutes. So I just think the Sixers are a better team than they were last year with Harden because the pieces fit better. And and, and Embiid is playing great. He's been terrific. He really has been. So I, you know, I give him all the credit in the world. He's playing great. But by the same token, you know, I think we kind of have to look at all this um, and realize that it's great to amass talent on a basketball team. It really is. But the bottom line is the pieces still have to fit. And in this particular case, the Sixers pieces fit around and be this year much better than last year. Jabari, you got a you got a pick? Well, yeah, I mean, for me, as we discussed ahead of the you know, ahead of the show, I think Embiid is a leader in the in the clubhouse, but mm. I think I might lean more towards Shea as being in that mix and not just you know, not necessarily being on the you know, on the outside looking in with Luca. Um and, and 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 perhaps that's you know perhaps that's on me perhaps that's because I wasn't full disclosure Brian I wasn't as uh, I, I didn't see it as quite as Jack did ahead of the season Jack ahead of this season actually put money on OKC now not just the, we're not talking preseason we're talking July when we were in Vegas in July <laughs> Jack put money league, yeah. on OKC to win this year's title. Um, so maybe maybe it's because I never I didn't see that as any chance whatsoever. And suddenly, you know, I'm I'm looking at him as continued development. Um, you know, being able to welcome you know, like a talent like Chet right into the fold, and you know, f- you know, everybody finds their own groove. I guess that's why I, I'm giving I'm probably giving extra credit as a result of that. Out of surprise, whereas I knew exactly yes. that this was going to happen, and so I'm less impressed. Uh, and I I agree that it's Embiid here. There's a great moment on the game-winning shot that Shea hit over uh, Denver where um, he releases the ball and it's, the game's in Denver and it gets 
loud in a very specific way that you only hear when a home crowd knows they're about to have their hearts ripped out. And it, it's like this, like, exhale, inhale, loud, like, screaming backwards thing. Like, they, they should add it to, like, what one of the noises they put in the T-Rex scream in Jurassic Park. It's like a truly haunted sound, and I feel like it is the sound of greatness. Like, everybody in that arena, every one of those fans of the champion, the defending champs, knew that was going in. They just, like... You, I, if we could insert it here, it's like a, it's like a roar backwards or something, and it, it's, I, I haven't heard it in a long time, but it, it feels like I don't know, it, it, it signified something to me about Shay. Um, I'll annoy some people. It's the sound that you used to get when Kobe was playing Kobe. on. Yeah. No, and I'm not, I'm not comparing the two players. I'm not doing that, but I know that exact sound where the even the opposing crowd knows. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's uh let's take one more break and and we'll come back. Did you ever play the over under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And uh, Brian, I know we're about to lose you. We do want to give you a couple rapid-fire questions before you're gone. Um, who is the most underappreciated of the all-time greats? Uh, you're, and by the way, this is the fastest segment of podcasting. You're not supposed to think about your answers. Uh, just boom, uh, let it go. Uh, no, no uh, dilly-dallying. No, no beating around the bush. Greatest, most underappreciated of the all-time greats. Uh, someone who deserves to be mentioned but is often left out. Oscar Robertson. He was doing the triple-double before the triple-double was a thing. Yeah. All right. Keep it going. You can go back. You, never, you, you can go back in time and permit either Prime Ewing or Prime Mello to take this run with this particular Knicks squad in today's game. Which one are you choosing? Prime Ewing every day of the week and twice on Tuesdays. All right. You can retroactively space jam yourself into having uh, my good friend Robert Ori's career or Charles Barkley's career. Which one are you choosing? Yeah, I like rings. I would take Robert Ori's career as much as I love Chuck who was dominant and had a blast. But you know what? Robert Ory always found himself there when teams were winning and he made yeah. some big shots to help his team do it. And you love rings fun. just as jewelry, just in general, like not having yes, nothing I to do. do with. Yeah. Just you like to rock the ring. I love rings. <laughs> love rings. There you go. All <laughs> right. Let's do one more. You can have any player's skill set for one day. Whose and what skill set would it be? That, that's an outstanding question. That's <laughs> one that I've never actually thought about but I guess I have to give you a quick answer. I would tell you any active player or player in history. Let me ask it that way. In any player ever, any player ever, if I could have their skill set, I would probably tell you Michael and Michael Jordan's the pat answer. Like it's the easy answer, you know, but I will tell you that I very, I never enjoyed and admired a player more than watching magic Johnson in his prime. What he yeah. was able to do at his size and his passing ability and just spawning the fast break. And, and to me, that was as special as special could get. And that was the guy I wanted to be. I love it. All right. Well, Brian, uh, such a pleasure having you. Where can people find you, listen to you, all that good stuff? You can get me on Twitter slash X uh, at BGeltsNBA. You can hear me on NBA Weekend on Sirius XM NBA Radio, 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time uh, every Saturday morning. And I host. This Week in NBA Radio, every Sunday morning, that's 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Sirius XM NBA Radio. All right. Brian Geltziler, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, yeah, uh, happy holidays to you and yours. All right. All right, you two guys, thanks so much. Take care. All right, take care. So, uh, usually we end with rapid fire, but we're, we do have to mention a couple people who are kind of on a tear right now. Um, I don't know if we've talked about him yet. Uh, I think it's, is it pronounced Joel or Joel? I, I think it's Ho-El? like for the Joel, like the first Joel, uh, Embiid from the 76ers. Um, we're just going to go through his last seven games, uh, 40, 14 and six assists, 42, 15 boards and three assists, 35, 13 boards, two assists, 41, 11 boards, five assists. Um, you know, 34, 10, 6, 38, 14, 3, 50, 13, 7. During that time, uh, the Sixers have been 6 and 1. 
And he is mainly doing that while sitting out the fourth quarter because they're just destroying teams. And Philly is now the top point differential team by a pretty good margin. Um, 11.3. They're outscoring opponents by 11.3 points. Boston's uh, in second with 8.6. That was just, Boston was always the king of that. Like Boston was always number one in point differential. So it's just feels nice to be number one in point differential. And I don't know, man, he he's, he's on one. Uh, once again, I don't, people keep waiting for him to like fall off. They're like, yeah, well this is, you know, he's at his peak. So they really, they really better like make some moves now because he's going to, his body parts are going to start falling off of his body next year. Um, but it hasn't happened yet. Knock on wood. Um, Dame, we should talk about. Dame's oh, put up in his last three games. My favorite player to watch while locked in, while he's at this, uh, in this type of uh, zone. Uh, last three games, 40 points, three boards, four assists, 39 points, five boards, 11 assists, 33 points, four boards, five assists. And Milwaukee is eight and two over the last 10 and second in the Eastern Conference. Um, they seem to have figured out like how to kind of start working things together between he and uh, Giannis. They seem excited to be playing together. Um, it's it's fun. Things are fun in Milwaukee. Things looks- are fun in the NBA for the reasons we expected them to be. Like, all the good teams are starting to come together and be like, yeah, these, at least out east. At least out east. Yeah, I was gonna say, out west, some of us are a little bit, uh, we're still trying to figure it out, but no. Still you're getting exactly your right. footing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Bancaro, baby. We're going to do a month-over-month comparison. He's, he's like uh, the Joe Burrow of, of the NBA. He's a slow starter who gets it going as he goes. Um, October, 12 points a game, five boards, 44% true shooting percentage. November, 20.9, 6.6 boards, 58 true shooting. December, 26.1 points. 8.1 boards, 55% true shooting uh, for a guy who just turned 21 years old. So pretty good. He, yeah. he might be good. Might be. We're, we'll see. I don't know. Um, Keegan Murray had a career night where he made 12 of 13 threes, um, which is good. I think that's yeah, pretty I good. Scored in the 40s. Uh, it was the most threes by a player that young since um, trying to see what this guy's Kobe Bryant. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. And speaking of Kobe Bryant, 18 years ago today, Kobe outscored the entire Mavericks team through three quarters. Jack, did you did, did you ever see that game or did you see the clips of that game? I don't think I did. No, I watched That's... it. Li- I watched it live, and I can tell you. Um, it it it's it's cliche to say it now because like you know people you know just want to be different, but it was even more impressive than the eighty one point game that he had just a few weeks later, and specifically because he did it through three quarters. At the end of the at the end of the third quarter, the Lakers broadcast put Kobe sixty two, Maverick sixty one. Um, Phil asked him, "Do you want to go get it?" He said, "Nah, I'll do it again." Be good. <laughs> He, Bill gave him the choice. Said, "Do you want to go? Do you want to go out there and do it in the fourth, and you know, go for a hundred Even he said, "No, I'll do it again." And three weeks later, here we were. Then he put up the eighty-one, um, which is the second most still to this day. 
Yes, still still to this day, 81. But then again, there's no footage of that 100, so um, I'm just going to say 81 is the most... The, the most points we've ever seen scored in an NBA game. We've yeah. ever seen. Um, it's... Uh, it it does go against what pe- like people are like oh Kobe was you know all about hit getting his getting his stats and so I don't know Wilt was just out there doing that just through sheer like it there wasn't anything fun about what Wilt was doing he's just walking down below the basket holding his hands up getting the ball thrown at the net catching it tipping it in um no I actually don't know I. I don't think I've seen a full game's worth of Will Chamberlain highlights. Um, so all the old heads can get mad at me for that. But that is pretty... Like, wa- watching him play, it, he looks like he's having so much fun. Co- Kobe enjoyed playing basketball. And destroying teams in particular. so And, and, yeah. and, and specific teams like the Mavericks at that time. So, yeah, no, that was, that was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, all right. Well, those are, uh, those are the stories... Uh, that has been another year in the books for Miles and Jack. I'm Matt Boosties. Uh, thank you, Super Producer Jabari, for putting it together. Uh, thank you, Super Producer Brian Jeffries, for editing all of it together. And uh, thank you guys for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Jack underscore O'Brien. Jabari, where can they find you? I'm at Jabari Davis NBA. Make sure you follow Miles at, my, at Miles of Gray. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then you can look for us hashtagging Mad Boosties. Is that what we hashtag it? And uh, that's gonna that's gonna do it. Enjoy the uh, Christmas games. Enjoy your holidays, and we'll be back in the new year. We will talk to y'all then. Bye. Later. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.